your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Tuesday, a snowy Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. In the studio with me this hour is Dr. Tom Schlesinger. He is, are you the executive director? Ex- yes. Okay, he's the executive director or the czar, if you want to say it, say it that way, of the Climate Alliance for the Common Good. And on the show today, we're going to talk about a, a, a small business workshop and a small business toolkit that the Climate Alliance for the Common Good is, is well, the workshop you're putting on here in a couple couple days, uh, about a little over a week, and the toolkit is something anyone could get yes. at any point right now, but it is, it's geared towards small businesses, yes, right? Yes, it is, exactly. And um, after that, we could pro- we'll, talk about, we'll talk about different aspects of climate change, and we'll see how far and how deep we can get into, into this as we, uh, as we have kind of our first real, this snow is going to stick around, right? Like, so. And the the great weather debate, right? Is this weather or is this is climate. this uh, yeah. climate? Right. Um, obviously, uh, a snowfall on January 9th, nothing abnormal nothing here. But then again, is it abnormal that this is our first, you know, right. pretty big and and probably will will not melt away snowfall? Yeah, but it's probably the warmest January December that we've had. You know, as as a summer was the warmest summer ever recorded. Yeah, I mean that's the, that's the thing we have every year, right? Like yeah. every year we have oh, this was the warmest summer, and the next year oh this was the warmest summer or warmest winter, and um, just just the idea that we we have we we're just getting used to this as we you know like you're yeah. you're a little older than I am, but yeah. I'm 45 and. I, you know, you can remember as a kid, I, I, yeah. there's definitely pictures of me by the road at my parents' house next to like yeah. a no passing zone sign that's right. like eight feet in the air. Me too. Me and, too. I have and, the same memories. And you just don't have that anymore. So yeah. is that just the weather's changing or is that like the gradual effects of climate change that we have felt in our lifetime but that we probably even, shouldn't? Even Christmas time, it's like not having a white Christmas was impactful. I mean, when I looked for a Christmas tree, I liked to have snow on the ground. Right. There was nothing. It was warm. Yeah, the National Weather Service every year puts out their um, little graphic with a, it. It's got a little Christmas tree, and it's either half covered in white, fully covered in white, or not white. Yeah. And, and it's pretty interesting to look at. And, you know, did we have a white Christmas? Yeah. And you can kind of see that the, the green trees oh, yeah. and, in the later it's years. It's a pretty interesting thing. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. We'll see. I, I, nobody's told me that the phones are broke or are, are working, so we can we can test out the talk and text line. Well, the text line I know works, so if you want to text it in the show, if you have questions, if you're a small business out there that has questions and, and wants to know, you know how to become more sustainable and, and what Tom is going to talk about after the break here is how this small business toolkit, this small business workshop that's coming up at the Lacrosse Center on January 18th is going to impact impact the environment, but also is going to economically be right. beneficial for the small your small business yeah. itself, whoever uh, you know cares to take part in this thing. Um, and and so we'll get to that in in just a couple of minutes. But if you want to register for that, it's coming up January 18th from noon to three. Climate Alliance cg.org or just look up the climate alliance for the common good and click on the toolbox uh link at the top of the toolkit tool at the top of the website there climate alliance for the common good 
Now, how long have you been in, you know, in business, I, I guess? Uh, the group has been together about four to five years or so, like that. Before that, I had another career at Gunderson for 20 years. I did strategic planning. And before that, I taught at UW Lacrosse uh, in political science and healthcare policy. Yeah, so we, we definitely just need to, to section off a whole show where we just uh, yell about health care. Yeah. Because I know you've been holding – we haven't done it yet. I've no. had you on, you and, and Nick Nick Nichols, I've had you guys on three different times, and I don't think we've done the health care no, show. Haven't. And that's probably your, like, bread and butter, it right? It is. It is. So what are we doing? Why are we I holding you back? I have a PhD in that. Yeah. Why, why are we holding yeah. you back? We should do health care. I mean – uh, and I could rant and rave about healthcare, not really rave, but I could rant about healthcare uh, an entire hour. I don't even need you, Tom, but I it would probably <laughs> it would probably be better to have you in here to to like, you know, rein me be, in it a little would be bit. Good. I could bring facts. Bring some play. facts, yeah. right? Bring right. some facts, you know, because what 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 was interesting yesterday, um, and just kind of unrelated but related, was Mitch talked about uh, Mitch Reynolds, the mayor, as they had their they unveiled this five year plan to end homelessness in the area. And he talked about when we were talking to people, we had to bring people in with lived experience. Mm-hmm. So bring in people that have experienced homelessness to kind of tell, tell these yeah. leaders who are trying to end it, oh, okay, we didn't think about this or we didn't think about that. But when it comes to healthcare, we should be doing the same thing. We, and I think we can all relate in one way or another to the lived experience of how healthcare isn't helping us. But that's a whole other show. I'm going to try not to do it. Look at how I'm just – We're going to reel them back in. I get I – get, uh, s- s- uh, just tricked into uh, into doing this. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with Dr. Tom Schlesinger, the Executive Director of Climate Alliance for the Common Good, and talk about the first talk about this small business toolkit and uh, the workshop coming up at the Lacrosse Center. But and after that, we're going to talk about like, is it? I guess the question would be like, is it upon? Is it beneficial for an individual to do things like recycling? Mm-hmm. Like, does that help? the environment actually like is it beneficial or is it a waste of our time to throw you know your used plastic water bottles into a recycling bin and then either have the recycling people come pick them up or i take them down to the recycling which is kind of funny because then the emissions that i'm using (laughs) Uh, so that's that's coming up to uh the second half of the show we'll be back in a minute Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk text line. We'll see how the talk line does. Uh, there's a little note that says use line four for calls, and that means that you guys don't know that number. Um, that's but you, a harder to call in. You know that. Right? Yeah, when you know, don't know the number, because that's the secret hotline. But the, you could try, but you could also text in 608-785-7914. Um, Dr. Tom Schlesinger is in here. He's the Climate Alliance for the Tink Common Goods Executive Director. This is a group out of lacrosse. Um, obviously, uh, focused on 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 helping. What, what would you say? Can you so, just describe yeah. the group? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the group is about uh, increasing raising awareness around climate change and its effects and solutions. But also, not everyone believes in climate change, but the economy is changing in a huge way right now as it moves away. The world world economy moves away from fossil fuels. 
that's what it was in the pre-industrial world, you know, when the factories first began. Uh, we use coal and oil to power things. And if you actually look at the mechanisms, that's really inefficient. How, do, how does an electrical generating plant work, you know? An electrical generating yeah, plant? like Excel here. It's got a little Brent gerbil Island. in there, and it runs right. on a... No, I've, what, I mean, so what, I would imagine there's multiple different ways. So they have, but they have either coal or natural gas. They burn okay. that. They use that fire to heat water in a boiler. They get the water to boil. So it creates steam. The steam goes through a turbine and causes the turbine to spin, and that generates electricity. Tons of energy is lost in that process yeah. that's really inefficient it's lost as heat energy so at the end of that process they have a lot of hot water left over and they vent some to the air and then they dump the rest back in the mississippi river so what you're saying is my gerbil idea would be more efficient it probably so i mean it would be bad for the gerbil but if you think about that you know you're boiling water to turn a physical turbine yeah. To create electricity. That's really inefficient and old-fashioned. Yeah. I mean, my other idea is just to hook up all the ellipticals at the YMCA to the turbine, to the turbine, and then uh, as we're running at the Y, we're spinning that yeah, thing manually. people are there all day long. Yeah. Those things are always going. I mean, I'm in there for a half hour. All right. So, but we're, we're, getting, off, we're getting off the subject here yeah. because we want to talk about this. Uh, so, this, so this anyway, there's, there's, a, there's this massive change going on away from fossil fuels. And even whether or not you believe in climate change, the movement away from fossil fuels is happening. And as more and more money is invested in that, what they're finding is these new technologies are cheaper than the old fossil fuel base. So let me ask you, among all the different energy sources today, coal, oil, natural gas, nuclear, uh, hydroelectric, and renewables. What's the cheapest one to use? The cheapest one to use? Yep. I, well, I don't know what you mean by use. Like if I'm going to it's, charge it's, my phone? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say the sun. <laughs> like I'm just going to say solar, but I'm not even sure. Solar is, but it's, it's the cheapest for electricity in this building for these lights. Solar yeah. is cheaper uh, than burning coal or natural gas. It right. is now the cheapest form of energy that exists. Wind energy closely follows that because there's obviously so much wind blowing. And once you build the wind turbines, uh, it's all free, right, with minimal maintenance yeah. and things. So that kind of generation through renewables is much better for small business. Right now, when we buy oil to burn in the in the generating plants who are we buying it from mm -hmm. right it's going overseas or it's going out of state yeah pull that closer it's a huge, <laughs> there's a huge energy deficit going on yeah in that we're shipping millions of dollars uh out of state every year uh to get fossil fuels if we did renewables it would uh, be, yeah and you're talking locally when you say we you're saying the state of wisconsin energy yeah. companies here yeah. are spending millions of dollars right Okay. To to power their electrical and, plants. And we had we we did talk about this on the show, uh, you know, well probably a year or, yeah. or so ago. Um, just the idea that if we really focused on uh, changing the grid or the 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 power structure in Wisconsin, we would save. I, I thought it was like was it like fifteen million or like forty? No billion. Billion. It billion. was fifteen billion a year. We would flip that because yeah. it cost about fifteen right. million. And then we would save and, that, and, and then also and, and on the flip side. That money would stay in state, supporting yeah. state jobs, okay. and creating 162,000 new jobs uh, in state, as opposed to shipping it to 
Louisiana or Texas or Saudi Arabia. And and that would just would that entail just creating giant solar arrays yes, and wind farms right, and it would. I I don't know we do we dam up the Mississippi River. I'm not a big fan of dams. So yeah, I'm I, not either. They're so kind of environmentally not, impactful. This area probably not for hydroelectric. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we do so much barge traffic on the Mississippi. Though. Oh, yeah, that yeah, would, yeah. Barges would, would hit interfe- them. Yeah, interfere with. Um, okay, so how does so, this relate so, to... So um, what we're seeing is this massive shift going on away from fossil fuels to uh, various kinds of renewables. Big organizations in town and across the United States, have they have full-time staff working on this journey. They call them sustainability coordinators or something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Full-time paid staff helping an organization figure out the transition to this new fuel. How are they going to make it in what's called the new energy economy? If you're a small business, you don't have the luxury of having an extra paid staff member who can spend their days figuring all this out. Right. So because of that, we developed a small business toolkit, sustainability toolkit, for small to medium-sized organizations, uh, particularly in the lacrosse area, um, to help them understand what are the things they should be looking at that would save them costs, uh, make them more competitive, increase employee retention. We did a survey, you know, Gunderson's been in the forefront on energy for years. We did a survey about 10 years ago. It was like 70% of our employees liked working for a company that was environmental. So people stay, especially young people that you really want, they are recruited and they stay if you're an an environmental company. They're more likely Can you tell if you're an environmental company just by walking into the building? I mean, aside from if there was a giant solar array outside your building. It's what you see or hear. Like, yeah, at Gunderson, you can see when they sunk the geothermal wells or when they put up the solar panels or, you know. So they publicize it within the company, all the different things that they're doing. But once you're in there and and that stuff is up and running, you You probably, you don't know it at all, You don't notice it at all because the buildings are heated, they still have light. You know, as far as you're concerned, that's what you care about. Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing I could think of, I, I hear a lot about like heat pumps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a pretty big house. And then I was like, well, if I got a heat pump, I've, I would have to have like seven heat no, pumps. No. Why do you think so? Because I have three stories and uh, like three, everything's very three open. Furnaces? No, but I have ducts. Oh, it uses the duct work. So there's, oh, there's two different kinds. Uh, heat pumps. Because I'm thinking like one the hotel kind, kind of. One kind is like a room air conditioner. Yeah. And you need one per big area. Yep. Uh, the other kind just attaches to your ductwork. Oh, okay. Uh, and so it, re- uh, what they call your air handler, that thing with all the vents, go- yep, all yep. the ducts going out. Uh, and so it, it just plugs in right there. And it basically sits outside the house like so in, your air conditioner does. So in the long run, does a, well, in a heat pump and it, 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 it's it, also an it air conditioner, right? It replaces both your furnace yeah. and your air conditioner. So in the long, well, in a year span. You save money. You will save money you because you're just money. running, it's just running on electricity, right? Right. Now the catch in this part of the country, because we're cold around here. Right. That, well, this gets back to the first part of your conversation here is yeah. the, the grid and the the way we power the grid in Wisconsin would have to change for this really to be efficient and, and cost savings but and the thing environmental. Is, uh, right now, What's available commercially in this area goes down to about 15 degrees Fahrenheit, and then the heat pump gets more expensive to operate. Oh, yeah. They're developed, it's, it's, in a few years, it'll go down even much lower. But right now, it goes to about 15. So and once it gets colder than 15 degrees then, outside. Then you need an auxiliary heat source. And okay. that can either be like an electric coil type thing, like the old space yep. heater kind of thing, or you often find an auxiliary 
gas, natural gas furnace that kicks on on just the really, really cold days. Yeah. And that's actually cheaper uh, in Wisconsin right now. This is like the hybrid car of, yeah, of heating is. your house. It is. But it's also kind of annoying because it's like, oh, I want all the benefits I of an know. electrical vehicle. I don't have to change the oil, the transmission right. fluid. I want to get rid of that furnace. But now I'm going to get a hybrid and I have to change oil. I have to do all the things. And then if the engine goes wrong, I have to get that fixed. If the EV part of that, the battery goes wrong, I have to get that fixed. So now you, if your furnace breaks, you have to get that fixed. That's if your right. heat pump breaks, you have to get that fixed. Yeah. But it is, um, it is still you're still saving money. Um, uh, okay, so we're going to try this experiment with the phones. So if you want to throw them headphones up. Oh, okay. Um, we'll see. Caller, who is this? If the this phone... is Jeff. Hey, Jeff, you got a question for Tom? Yes, I was wondering, how, do you, uh, how am I supposed to respond to the people that complain about the recycling of windmill blades and solar panels once they've re, uh, reached their useful life, which, you know, some people say 30 years or whatever, and they complain that they got to be buried. And I, was, I would assume that we'll have the technology to recycle all yeah. that stuff if it's already like, able to. But I'd just like to hear your response. For, for instance, you, you hear a lot about to... lithium batteries, you know. Well, the uh, naysayers with, uh, okay, so windmills would be the yeah, turbines. Right. And you, the blades. Like, uh, or, or the killing of birds, right? Yeah. Uh, with solar panels, the, the, the naysayers, well, the solar panels have to be replaced every 10 years. and therefore, that. They're like, th- they're like 30 years. Right. Well, the warranty is 30 years, but is, it, is yeah. that actually yeah, how long? They typically do last, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, is that time span, if we have to replace the, the solar panels, you know, just the idea of flipping them out, the amount of waste yeah. that that produces, that worse. And then what did you say? The, oh, the lithium batteries. The lithium a, batteries. how do you get the lithium? Yeah. And then B, what happens right. after, what, a decade so or 15 years? all this is in development. So this is the earliest stages of this industry. And you can imagine the oil and gas industry, what it was like in its earliest stages in terms of waste. And, I mean, you destroy entire uh, areas of a country if you're mining for oil or coal. Right, and, and some would argue we're doing that right now with lithium. Yeah, uh, and, and and that's being advanced. In fact, in South America, they extract lithium from seawater, from brine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways being experimented with. But they're also recycling lithium batteries now because lithium is so valuable that there are two big companies, Ford signed on with one of the big companies, to recycle their batteries. Sure. Uh, so all that is in development. You're, in the, you're witnessing the early stages of the industry take off, and there are a few bumps along the way. But believe me, any energy source has a lot of waste and damage. Well, to the and we're at the point now where we're probably further, far enough along that development where the, you know, the wind turbine, the solar panel is going to be better environmentally, yeah. even with the right. the cost of the the, the cost of the yeah. waste of them if you have to retire a wind turbine versus fossil fuels and extracting those fossil right. fuels and the dangers that come with all of that yeah. and the and, and the health dangers and right and the 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 waste and inputs the incredible, out the incredible inefficiency of using fossil fuels you know the internal combustion energy engine uh, uses about 20% of the energy contained in gasoline and wastes about 8 it's driving pistons up and down right sure, yeah. that's what's causing your wheels to turn uh, and that's really inefficient. So about 80% of the potential energy is lost. In a lithium battery-powered car, about 80% of the energy is used and 20% is wasted. So it's incredibly more efficient. Well, then on, on top of all that, I think because we're in the early stages, I think, thanks for the call, um, we're in the early stages of this, but but also just 
do we invest enough in developing this stuff beyond the early stages or are we are we subsidizing fossil fuel industry more so with our millions and billions of taxpayer dollars or are we subsidizing the renewable energies with our you know taxpayer dollars i don't know where that so the subsidies to oil and gas are what i saw was about seven to one compared to renewable subsidies Mm -hmm. so it's it's we're still massively subsidizing oil and gas um and it's kind of a strange thing to be doing now um, especially when there's cheaper forms of energy available even just from a cost point of view forget about the environment for now uh you know it used to be you had to choose do you want to have a healthy budget or do you want to be easy on the environment? Now you can do both. You can make choices that cost you less and benefit the environment. And who wouldn't want that? Right. And then it's a matter of can we, can we create a system to help people flip to, you yeah. know, these, these yeah. like uh, if you just want to go with the natural gas furnace, which right. I have, right. uh, okay, we're going to give you $400 in, yeah. in tax rebates if you, Get rid of your gas furnace and get, what, a heat pump or something like that. There's some really good financial incentives out there right now, especially around solar panels for small business and residential. Just incredible deals that make the payback considerably shorter than it used to be uh, because the federal government is subsidizing it, the state subsidizing it, the power companies are subsidizing the change. So it's a good deal right now to make these changes. All right, when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation with Dr. Tom Schlesinger, the Executive Director for Climate Alliance for the Common Good. And, you know, we we haven't. We'll, we'll talk about this workshop coming up January 18th from noon to 3 at the Lacrosse Center Small Business Workshop. Anyone wants to register, go to climatealliancecg.org or just look up Climate Alliance for the Common Good. We'll be back in a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In the studio with me this hour is Dr. Tom Schlesinger. He is the executive director of what's called the Climate Alliance for the Common Good. It's a lacrosse-based organization and uh, just help, trying to help, I guess, raise awareness for sustainability and, and environmental impact and what you guys are doing on January 18th from noon to 3 at the Lacrosse Center and working with City Lacrosse on this is having a small business workshop. And can you kind of explain... Yeah. Uh, what that is, yeah. is going so, to, what it's so going we, to entail. We developed this toolkit first, which is about a 20-page document, <clears throat> like a one-stop shopping shop, one-stop shop for a small business, how to look at different sustainable solutions, including links to financial incentives. So we're saying you do, you're, you're doing this not necessarily because you're worried about the environment, but because it makes economic sense for your small business to do so. Yeah, pull that, pull that closer. So then, and so the, the argument, well, it's not a really argument, but the, the, the idea here is when you have giant corporations, they have the, the means and the ability to yeah. kind of spend on making a transition to being more environmentally friendly. But what you're saying is here we've, we've, we've un- yeah. We've opened up the secrets for you in this toolkit. Right. And we found out which ones uh, definitely definitely save you money, which things are short-term investments with good paybacks, which are yeah. longer-term paybacks. You wouldn't know that as a small business. Which ones have great financial incentives right now? Which ones don't? Yeah. You know? So, is there a good example of what um, – I mean, what are you, what are you yeah. going to talk about at, at the workshop? So it's divided up. The workshop is uh, where we have local experts speaking in deep, each of the different areas. So we'll have a person on buildings. They'll talk about heat pumps because that's a, the big source of energy within a building is, is heating and air conditioning. They'll talk about where they get the electricity from. 
Uh, they'll talk about what's called the building envelope, which is the walls, insulation, and air sealing kind of thing. The actually the cheapest thing you can do in terms of energy is never use it. So to the extent you insulate and air seal your building, you're saving money up front. So it's a great investment. So someone will talk about buildings. And their expert on building incentives will also be there. Sure. Uh, we're going to talk about transportation. What are the different transportation options out there? What's electric? What's a plug-in hybrid as opposed to a hybrid? You know, what kinds of incentives are out there for that? Uh, what are the options for um, not being car-based? And in La Crosse, they're doing more with mass transit now. Uh, but in La Crosse, we have the advantage of actually of riding our bikes to a lot of places in the better weather than we have right, today. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll have someone on transportation. We'll have someone on waste and food waste. Uh, food waste is actually um, uh, very damaging, too, in terms of climate change. And any kind of waste is resources that is being thrown away. So you want to minimize any kind of waste. If nothing else, you want to put something in recycle rather than the waste bin because the tipping fees are lower for your uh, recycle bin than the other. So these are all experts in each of these areas, and they'll be talking at the workshop. So it's a great source to spend. You spend three, commit three hours. It's free. You get a free lunch, uh, and you get to listen to local experts all gathered together in one spot to talk to small businesses in, in this area. And the city of La Crosse has been a great partner for us. The uh, the small business workshop again noon to three Lacrosse Center January eighteenth go to climatealliancecg.org to sign up just click toolkit there um, or, or just Google Climate Alliance for the Common Good um, all right so before the break we were talking about uh, I'm trying to set up what Joe wanted to talk about what did Joe want to talk about just the oh it's just the the, the you were kind of talking yeah. about the efficiency of essentially like burning fossil fuels and how inefficient it is. Versus uh, something like an EV, you said yeah. an EV is eighty percent efficient. Right. Uh, a uh, internal combustion engine is twenty percent efficient. Right. I think I think that's a a, a little uh, that's okay to set Joe up here for his question. Joe, go ahead. Joe, what what you got for Tom? So let's start out first. You can't create or destroy energy. So if we're going to use energy, we got to get it from somewhere, and we got to spend the same amount of energy getting that energy as we are going to be using it. So I understand what you're doing, trying to provide these incentives to. to provide alternatives for companies to green energy. But if we are talking providing energy for heating and cooling for these businesses, gas turbines are 30% efficient. At the most, solar panels are 20. And the DOE projects that the new gas turbines, syngas turbines, are going to be 60% efficient. How can any of this renewable energy ever keep up to us using the energy that's been stored from the sun on earth for millions of years and still continues to be stored how can we justify raising taxes on ourselves to provide money for false narratives how is this ever going to be sustainable it's a false narrative to think you're going to be able to provide energy for your business uh using alternatives to fossil fuels but yet we're raising taxes on ourselves to provide incentives to do so. Isn't that ridiculous? Aren't we raising taxes on ourselves to subsidize the fossil fuel industry? But the fossil fuel industry provides twice the amount of energy that solar or wind ever could, and soon to be five or six times more once these synge- synge- so, turbines are so, used, according to the DOE. So, yes. <laughs> okay. 
All right, Tom, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not an engineer. But if you think about the process, it's a one-way process. When you mine something from the earth, you use it, you waste it, and then you go back for more of the original. Well, right? Joe said you, you go back it, and mine it. Joe said it takes a, uh, the same amount of energy to get the thing out of wherever to that it that it takes to use it, which isn't true. It but doesn't. It's not really true because the solar rays are coming. We're, we're just capturing them. We're not. Right. We're not generating. But how much them, energy does it them. take to make a solar panel? I guess that, that's that's. But that's a one. That's a one-time cost. Right. right. To to use that. Uh, and then it's it's just energy that we 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 generated both from the photovoltaic cells. It is it is kind of funny to think like like why wouldn't people want to just maximize the use of the sun? That's free. It's always and it's, burning, and we just capture it. And and gee, I wonder why are we hoodwinked so bad? And you don't have to, to worry about running out of it, and you right. don't have to worry about paying Jordan and Saudi Arabia or whatever. Well, if we or Russia that may not like us. I mean, if we did, if we we worried about it running out, then we really we'd have something else to worry about. Yeah. The end of civilization, as we know it, yeah. maybe the end of the earth. Um, but it's, it's still a one-way process. If you're mining fossil fuels, using them, and then creating waste, right? That's that's just a wasteful process. If you're reusing that because you, the wind never runs out, the solar never runs out, you're saving. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. The energy is free, and the the the, the pushback against it from big businesses or big in, these industries is that hey, if we utilize this to a, a point where it's so efficient, it will be the the energy will be eventually free. Like it'll yeah. it, 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 it'll cost a little bit to get it right. and store it. But the, the harnessing of the energy is free and that, hey, what capitalist society, we're not going to make money on this. So we actually don't want to do that. Yeah. But it's cheaper for business to yeah. use renewables than it is fossil fuels. Right. So the push, it's always funny the pushback against uh, against something like solar or wind. But, you know, again, the, you know, like the, the other caller said is is the, the pushback against it at this point is are the windmills sustainable? Like, will they last a long time or right. do we have to bury them in the ground? I think he said and are the solar solar panels a what Joe was saying? Do they yeah. capture enough energy from the sun? Are they right. efficient in that way where they capture? Yeah. And then do they do they last long enough to be you yeah. know the 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 amount of energy produced and to to create the solar right. panel, put it up, and then is it efficient in capturing the sun? And does it do that long enough in its lifespan? Yeah. Because then eventually we have to recycle it or throw it in the because in the, we're not you know just. Uh, spinning ideas here, the, the, the real businesses that have put up solar panels and cut their electricity costs tremendously and save money so they have a one-time investment in the solar panels and then they stop paying money to Excel on a monthly basis. What's the easiest thing a small business can do to just be like, I don't know if it's snap your fingers, but like this, you know what, most small business is that they, if they just did this, this would save them a lot of money and also be like, make a good impact environmentally. Yeah. Depending on what kind of small business you are, uh, one of the best deals right now is in solar uh, because of the, the, it's like a 30% incentive uh, from the federal government to, to go solar, to put solar panels on your roof. Uh, if you're any kind of restaurant and food waste, uh, food waste is incredibly uh, damaging to the environment, 80 times worse than carbon dioxide methane is, and methane is generated by food waste. Um, and obviously if you can reduce your waste, um, you're saving money at the same time for your, for your organization. No, is that part of the, the small business workshop, how to reduce food waste? Cause you, Hey, change your menu. Don't have lettuce on your menu because lettuce yeah, always goes right. bad in a week. 
Right. Yeah, but it is keeping a better inventory on on what you what you have on hand, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not storing things um, like just to, uh, keeping track of the dates and things like that in, in the fridge. Um, and then, um, do we as a do we as a like the FDA? Do, yeah. do they really have to think about? If we talk about expiration dates in yeah. in this in and this that's realm. Another, Whole debate. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Like, do we have to have a, a, a new thought process on what, when, and when? You know what I, I will say is I, I got one of those things for Christmas where you get the the sausage, you cut it up, and yeah. cheese and crackers yeah. and yeah. sausage, right? Right. And I, but I didn't have any. I ran out of crackers, right? So I go into the cupboard yeah. and go to the back, and I'm like, oh, Ritz crackers, and I I just open the package that's it's been it's never been opened. And I take yeah. a bite, and I'm like, hmm. It's okay. Ah. I'm like, it's okay. I think it's good. It was like, it wasn't, I think it was an off-brand Ritz, yeah. right? So it wasn't even yeah. Ritz. So I was already unsure. This might just be an off-brand Ritz taste. And then I look at the expiration. It was 2020. And I'm like, mm, probably can't eat this. Like yeah. a 2020 seems, yeah. I don't know. But I'm like, I don't know. It didn't, it wasn't stale. It didn't taste horrible. But I was like, you know, as a, as a human, I just can't eat something yeah. that that's expiration was 2020. But we want to work with our suppliers to keep better track of the amount of waste that we're producing. Cause that's we're obviously it's called waste for a reason. We're just throwing out and yeah. not getting any more, any more value from it. So if you can reduce your waste. You're well, in terms of restaurants, can, is there a way that, I mean, you know, at home you can just, you can create a compost bin, but yeah, I mean, yeah. do restaurants have an ability? It's, it would be There's, hard for a restaurant downtown to have a compost bin, you know? Not necessarily. There are cities that do that. So like you have a, a trash bin, you have a, a yard waste bin okay. at your house, right? They have a compost bin. Sure. And I don't know, maybe the city does that. I'm not uh, sure. They have, they're, they're trialing it with some of the major supermarkets in town where they have a compost pickup. Uh, and oh, really? So you could, you could take your your they would, waste a, a there. truck would come by. Oh, okay. Just like it does for the trash, and pick up your compost every two weeks. Okay. Uh, and I mean, I have compost, and uh, and I get I generate a lot of compost because there's a lot of food waste that comes out. I, of your I wonder if and I could be you know I just I don't know, but like we have like the Cane Street Community Garden. I yeah. wonder if they have like a giant compost, and then everyone just take your compost down there. But I think if if the whole city did that, it would get well, out of hand. So you do know La Crosse Isle du Plume has a composting site. Oh, they do. Okay, yeah, they I know do. they have sure. a. I didn't know anyone there was compost that, there. Anyone that lives in the city can just drive up and dump their bucket. Uh, oh, okay. So they, 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 it does they, have compost yeah. too. I knew it had yeah. other stuff. And they, a farmer comes and picks it up because that's value to them. Okay, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. Doctor Tom Schlesinger is in studio here with us. He is the executive director of Climate Alliance for the Common Good. It's a lacrosse-based organization uh, looking to help uh, this this coming well in the well two weeks about. Uh, January 18th from noon to three at the lacrosse center, a small business workshop to kind of help small businesses make, make a, a transition to more environmentally friendly and save, uh, ways. And save money. But yeah, on top of everything else, yeah. it's it, the, these, this transition will save your business. So dollars. there's a lot of people now that instead of a furnace, are thinking maybe I should look into a heat pump you yeah. know? and there's money back from the feds, from the state, from Excel, uh, if you do a heat pump, when you talk about this transition and it's going to save money, what will there, it will it, essentially it, take it, an upfront cost. Yeah. So uh, obviously typically, well, it used to be that heat pumps were more expensive than the average furnace Yeah. because the federal incentives out there right now, they often break up out about even. So the cost is almost comparable and then you save on your monthly bill. Mm-hmm. So, it, so 
the interesting thing about heat pumps compared to a furnace, a furnace generates heat by burning fossil fuels, right? Yeah. A heat pump moves heat from one part of the building to another part, right? through refrigerants kind of thing. It works like a refrigerator, right? So that you notice how the back of your refrigerator is always hot? Yeah. So the inside's cold. It's moving heat from the inside of the refrigerator to the outside of the refrigerator. So it just circulates where heat is at. Mm -hmm. So it's not generating heat, it's moving it around. And that's why it's cheaper. I always said as a society that lives in the upper Midwest here, we should take our refrigerators and have them on like some sort of swivel in the kitchen so in the winter, we put them up like so they're on the outside yeah, wall, yeah. and then they don't have to work very hard at all. And in the summer, we swivel but them back that inside. that is exactly what a heat pump does. <laughs> right, okay. That's what it does because they just flip it around yeah, in yeah, the yeah. wintertime, the way it operates. Sure. Yeah. All right. got to take a break. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back to the Crosstalk BM. I am Rick Solomon. In the studio with me is Dr. Tom Schlesinger. He's the executive director of Climate Alliance for the Common Good. Uh, he's talking about the small business workshop that's coming up, partnering with the city of lacrosse, January 18th from noon to three at the lacrosse center. Um, okay. So we were talking about small businesses and, you know, some of the easier ways that, that they can, what, what about a household? Yeah. yeah. And, and like, what is, is it the same thing? It's like, the same thing. Does, it's really like get the same a heat thing pump on or? a different scale, but yeah. <clears throat> same option. Would that be the, like the easiest thing to make a, a transition from a from a gas furnace to a heat pump? Yeah, right. It's it, it's just that in this area of the country, you'll still need a gas furnace for when temperatures dip really yeah, cold. Or or maybe like a wood burning stove or something. Or something. Put in the something. Yeah, yeah, an electric coil system. Um, but you'll still save money with the heat pump and the furnace together. And the heat pump works as an air conditioner as well, right? Yeah, it doubles. So as you an don't air need conditioner. an air conditioner. Would you not need an air conditioner? Right. It replaces. It replaces your air conditioner. Okay, so, so you could get rid of that. So it's only one piece of equipment. Now that so when, so when should someone make that transition? Because so I, you, my furnace and air conditioner are probably like 22 years old. Oh, you're right on the edge. And I'm just scared. Right one, on you know, edge. every time my furnace kicks on, I'm like, yes, it's that's turned right, on again. Because that's about the time you start thinking about, should I go to a, to a heat pump? Right. Well, so, so, but, but you, like if, if somebody has like a five-year-old furnace. If you have furnace, a new furnace, don't change. Yeah. You'll, you'll waste money and resources by making the change. Okay. So, and then on, it, I know it's the small business toolkit, Yeah. but can someone that's yeah, just it actually, a homeowner. It, it almost all applies. Yeah. Uh, some of the incentives that we list would apply to small businesses, but there are very similar incentives for individuals as well. Mm -hmm. on solar, on heat pumps, on insulation, we insulated our place. And so we got a state, state money back and federal money back, Excel money back. Um, insulation. Well, you said businesses like insulation, would that be yeah. what, what would you, what so would a household it, insulation redo look like? Um, well, what they usually do is, is what's, what's typical is the uh, homes are not well insulated above the ceilings okay. in the attic space and you lose a lot of heat as the heat rises that way. Sure. So they vastly increase the amount and density of the insulation up there and they air seal around all the windows, any sort of opening in the house, they air seal. Because you're actually, they measure how much heat you're losing just by air oozing in and out of the house. 
Should I be doing that thing where I put the plastic over my windows yeah, that's right now? What the- Does that work pretty well or not? I actually don't know. I haven't heard and about And then you that. take the hair dryer. No, you, you know what I'm talking yeah, about, I do. right? You I, take the I, hair I've dryer. seen people do that. I don't, I don't see it as much anymore. But any, everyone should get an energy audit, whether you're a small business or a residence. Get an energy audit. For a home, it's about $300 or so. But you get money back on that one. Oh, yeah. And financial incentives. And they I don't know. Can 300 bucks you, is kind of a lot for a but, household to do an they, energy audit. They tell, oh, well, I can't tell you that. Uh, <laughs> But they'll tell you whether you should insulate or not, mm-hmm. or whether you should change windows out, or what kind of options you should be looking at. All right, that's Dr. Tom Schlesinger. The Small Business Workshop is January 18th from noon to 3 at the Lacrosse Center. Go to climatealliancecg.org or look up Climate Alliance for the Common Good. You can sign up for the, the PDF. It's a 20-page document for small businesses. And then right there, you can register for that small business workshop as well. Thanks, Tom. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, texting, and calling.